0: Today, I'm going to invite to this pulpit uh, a gentleman I met just a few, a few weeks ago as we were making the Light for the Lost Tour. Uh, we were able to sit down and converse a little bit, and instantly I thought, I, I want to be partners with this man. Uh, he was, Ronnie uh, Jordan was born in Israel, raised in Israel. He lives in the States now, and he has a very unique ministry, and he takes teams over, and he's going to share that what's happening in Israel what it was like to, to, to grow up there. I'm sure he's going to touch on that, but he's going to talk about how we can partner with him in this unique ministry. Who wants to go to Israel? Come on. Come on, Ronnie. There it is. Uh, come on, if you will. Welcome, Ronnie Jordan.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate it. That light is bright. Good morning, y'all. Worked on this y'all for quite a while. Last last five years in Texas. I'm a refugee from California. I I left the politics there. I didn't bring them with me. First week here, I got my concealed license, and I'm happy. Um, It's a little bit uh, disadvantaged been passed to talk about all that food and you guys already salivating to go to lunch and so I hope you can uh, be patient and listen to me for a little while. Um, again, my name is Ronnie Jordan. I grew up in Western Galilee um, and uh, my mom and my dad were Holocaust survivors. My mom survived Auschwitz. So I'm the first generation growing up in Israel with a Gun in my hand, served four years in the Israeli paratroopers, and um, did not like God at all. Um, basically, it's very difficult with that kind of history to believe there is a good God. And then I have to deal with all the modern time Pharisees, which are the Orthodox in Israel. And they don't have much love in their heart, and they give God a bad name. So most of us in Israel are very cynical, not quite atheists, but agnostics. Just leave us alone. Don't talk religion. Landed in the United States in 1979 in Philadelphia from all places. And that's not a city of brotherly love, I'll tell you that much. It's a tough place. And I ended up working with some born-again carpenters. And um, they started preaching to me, and it really irritated me because I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> the thing that irritated me the most is that they were happy all the time, and that's not normal when you take the snow off the two-by-fours. And, um. But they were consistent, and uh, I started getting jealous, just like the Bible planned it. They were provoking me to jealousy. And finally... I accepted the Bible from them that pointed me to Isaiah 53, if you're familiar with it, that by his stripes we are healed, He was bruised for our transgressions. and I knew right away this has to be Jesus. But the funny thing is, I never knew he was Jewish. You see to me it was some Christian monster that the Gentiles created never quite connected the dots to see that he is my jewish messiah till that moment and suddenly the whole puzzle of our history our heartache the future everything came together and i surrendered it's been a love affair of forty two years now with jesus christ Amen. And um, I got credentialed with the assemblies back in 1988. But God said, no, you're not going to be a pastor. So I started arguing with God. Um, any one of you ever win an argument with God? So he made me become a general contractor, a carpenter. And, uh, and my company was built on the rock construction. I didn't know why, but years went by and um, I've been praying my heart out for Israel um, 99.99% of the Israeli people
0: are not saved,
1: they don't know the Lord and it's a forgotten mission field that most, most people don't realize and very hard to penetrate especially when I talk, well, I'll talk a little while about the history of the church and the Jews and you'll see why there's such a fear and mistrust. And I prayed and prayed and finally back in 06 and if you remember those of you old enough, there was a war with Lebanon with a lot of rockets flying on the northern Israel. And my hometown is three miles from the Lebanese border on the coast, the last town. So it was a terrible time for over a month of <coughs> constant bombardments. Most people in my town live in old apartment buildings and those old buildings have on the bottom a communal bomb shelter, but it's just a naked dilapidated bunker
0: that was originally
1: designed to run in and run out, not to stay there a long time. And then God said, you wanted the vehicle to penetrate Israel? Here it is. You go and remodel those bomb shelters with and Christians. Tell you about it a little later. So, but we'll touch on that towards the end. Um, but my goal today is to hopefully ex- expose some information that you were not aware of concerning Israel and the Jewish people. And for you to find new compassion and love towards the Jewish people you didn't have before. That's my goal today. Um, they're the chosen people, right? Why did he choose them? Are they better looking? Are they smarter? Are they sinless? Look at me. I mean, I don't fit. (laughs) So why did he choose them? The answer is very simple because he can and that's his plan and he wants to. He's sovereign. He does what he wants. But he had a point to make to the world through them. That's all. But they are special because he chose them, not because of who they are. And how does he feel about them? Does he love them? Okay. Let's look in Jeremiah, quickly, 31.3. Is it up there? The Lord has appeared of all to me, saying, yes, I have loved you with everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. And Anybody misunderstands everlasting? How long is that? It's forever. Right? I'm leading somewhere. You'll find out. And then Zechariah 2 it says, for thus says the Lord of hosts. He sent me after glory to the nations that plundered you, for that he who touches you touches the apple of my eye. Do you ever try to go down the street and poke someone in the eye? What kind of reaction will you get? Pretty violent, right? Very sensitive, the apple of the eye. Think about it. That's how he sees Israel and the Jewish people. And you know it has not been a joyride to be the chosen people. Anybody ever seen the movie Fiddler on the Roof? There's a scene in there he had a real bad day. Murphy's Law, everything broke down, and he goes to the barn and looks at God. He had real nice conversations with God. He says, "God, I know we're the chosen people, but could you please choose somebody else sometimes? <laughs> Do you get it?" has not been fun and did you know that close to 2,000 years ago there was a meeting of 300 bishops in a place called Nicaea which is in Turkey somewhere in the area and that was the birth of the Catholic Church and they came out with a decree that the Jews killed Christ rejected him God is done with them and the church now replaced Israel it's called replacement theology how many of you have ever heard about that before raise your hand quite a few people most, most places I speak is one person maybe or two and basically they stripped, the stripped the Jewish carpenter from Galilee disappeared and new Jesus emerged with the catholic church Guess they didn't read that word "everlasting." We just read. They missed that. But that has started almost 2,000 years of very heavy persecution and hatred towards the Jewish people by the Church, leading to the Crusaders, the Inquisition, um, even Martin Luther, famous Martin Luther, wrote a book called "The Jews and Their Lies." Don't know about it there's a chapter in it you can look it up it says a final solution to exterminate the Jews that Hitler took word for word because most of Germany was Lutheran to my mom the guards in the camp were good Lutherans they killed them the week and went to church on Sunday I'm just giving you a picture of what how the Jews view Christians and Christianity okay no, it's not you but I'm just saying and that went into the hard drive of the church till today We're still a product of that the Catholic the Protestant the church today its teachings was influenced by that replacement theology and the enemy succeeded robbing the church from the blessing that comes from blessing Israel you see that it's a unique blessing can't get it any place else. Those who blesses all shall be blessed, right? Those who curses all shall be cursed. So, you know, many things that God promises we never find out unless we try it, right? Pastor just talked about tithing, right? And all he wants to prosper and be blessed next year. But you see that usually the scripture used for tithing. No, it's not connected to what i'm saying but um, is uh, malachi prove me this day right see i would rewrite that if i had the option god forbid can add or take anything from the word right but i would put in a texan version and you know what it is a triple dog dare you said the lord right it, he dares us either we take him on that day or not same thing with blessing Israel whatever capacity you can't even mainly in prayer but hopefully by the end of today we'll have another option um, so How does God want you to feel about Israel and the Jewish people? I'll tell you what. He said it clearly in Isaiah 40. 41 and 2. Comfort. Yes, comfort my people, saith our God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out for her. That her warfare is ended. That her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received from the Lord double for her sins. So I think there's a mandate to Christians to comfort Israel and the Jews. And you know, it's the greatest love story ever told. You know that? You like love stories? I like. I'm, you know. Israel is a lot like Texans. We're rough and tough on the outside, but real mushy inside. Okay? Am I right? listen to all the cowboy songs and but um... the last story started with him choosing the jewish people right then he cut them off right temporarily i must indicate okay? and why did he cut them off because he stopped loving them they sin too much I mean he doesn't stop loving us when I mean, we're still sinners, right? So he didn't stop loving them either. But he cut them off because it all pointed to grace. See he gave them the perfect law, but the law cannot save. And you can never fully obey it either. Not mentioning that the Gentiles were as lost as can be at that point in time. Correct? They were worshipping idols. All kind of strange gods. The Jews were the only ones who had the covenant, right? But God had mercy on the Gentiles. But it came with a price to the Jewish people. Which leads us to the closure of that love story. He wants the Christians to love the Jews back into the kingdom. You see what I'm saying? You have a debt of gratitude. Either you recognize it or not, but it grace is not cheap and it's not free. Okay, with the price, Jesus is the main price. But when he had, I believe the Lord, when he had to cut off the Jewish people, he cried. He was sad. He loved them. Okay, he knew what's coming to them. He knew there's a big bullseye painted on their back for the enemy. But he did out of love for you guys when I talk about the teams that go to Israel I'll tell you what it does when they see that love in action so you know the Jews don't have monopoly on being stiff-necked or blind so I'll repeat it one more time for everybody didn't get it first time we don't own being stiff-necked or blind you know they said the Jews are stiff-necked people Texans run close second the truth will set you free so unfortunately again a blindness can you see now how blindness has been put on the church by the enemy concerning Israel God never intended for the two camps to separate like they have but in the same family, enjoying the same blessings, the same promises to Abraham, the same tree you're grafted onto, and on and on. In, in reality, spiritually, you're all Jewish. You have a circumcised heart, bless that check, Right? Your Messiah is Jewish. That's why when the teams go to Israel, I'll tell them, tell the Jews that you converted to Judaism. When they look at you Why, are you crazy and I said but this way they're not afraid you're coming to convert them because you converted to Judaism Amen. right from paganism <laughs> and you come and tell them I thank you because everything I have came from you they never heard that before see most millions of tourists go to Israel every year but they never meet the people they get on a tour bus see all the sites, they have a nice Bible study the Sea of Galilee take a lot of pictures, but never meet the people so the people never see the loving Christians our mission is to arrange the meeting Um, now I want to be sensitive to time because I know the food is waiting okay we got time um, I'd like to share a couple of stories that will bring this, this story a little bit more to life first one, the young name, young man named Alon and his mom, in one of our Finnish bomb shelters I was interviewing him at that point in the time when I was interviewing him, he was 18 years old just joined the Israeli military big tough guy War time eight years earlier he was ten years old, and I won't say too much. But when he starts talking, you'll see what happens when he starts talking about his experience in the war. Can we show that video? see, Jesus came to that building. And you can see the post-traumatic stress in this young man once he relived those memories. And that's a reality in Israel that we are far removed here in Greenville, or in the United States, period. You know, Hezbollah in Lebanon has over 300,000 rockets today. They only had 10,000 in 06. Hamas has the same amount. Iran has hundreds of thousands of elite guard soldiers in the Heights with a bunch of rockets. Um, every civilian in Israel is a target all the time. And um, by the way, just to go back a minute to what I shared earlier, um, you know, when we talk about that decree that uh, the Jews basically kill Christ, right? and um, had he cut them off um, should have asked before I brought it up why do you think the Jews were cut off so you can be grafted on what, what's the typical answer anybody why were the Jews cut off originally come on give me an answer I already gave you the answers but Jews make Jews jealous okay what's the typical answer they blew it. They rejected Christ. Am I right? Isn't that what you heard most of your life? Right? Um, but I'm going back. And that lie, by the way, repeated enough times, becomes truth. At like today's politics. I won't get into that. <laughs> And, um, but it, again, you see how it affected all this killing and persecution of Jews till today by well meaning Christians. And, you know, totally losing sight that everything you have is by grace. You didn't earn it. I don't care if you go to church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you got it by grace. The first and the Jews have not experienced yet the kind of grace you know. Okay, they're stuck in a place of strange law that doesn't do nothing that creates self-righteous bigots like the modern time Pharisees they see in Israel, and they don't see the grace. Um, I want to show you a story that, the real tearjerker. I I have to hold back when I share it. It's about a. Holocaust survivor, okay, named Yoel, Joel. Joel. Um, let's see, uh, just a picture of Joel for a minute, and i tell. This is Joel. I came to his building um, to do a, a bomb shelter to prepare before the team arrives. And there were some people on the bottom of the building, including him. And we're telling them what we're going to do. And I talked about Christians and God and he started screaming from the top of his lungs i was worried that he's going to have a heart attack how dare you talk about to me about god where was he when my parents and five brothers and sisters died in the holocaust how dare you even mention him in my presence so i calmed him down he happened to know my mom both from hungarian background in the haria and his wife was running down the stairs, all panicky. What happened? I said, "Joel, I challenge you. Let's see what happens when the people arrive." Okay? So the team comes. They start working on the bomb shelter. And um, first day he walks by. He doesn't go inside. Second day he goes, checks our work. He's, he's a retired plumber, so he said that's pretty good work. Third time comes by with a bunch of candy and start handing it to all the people. Now when I share about what we call a tour of duty, it's not a regular tour, the best part of that week is Friday night. Because the team members by pairs go to have a Sabbath dinner in people's homes. It's not and I'll talk about it in a minute what happens there. But Joel and his wife invited my beautiful wife Cindy and I and the leader of the team see the next picture. We had a Sabbath dinner. This is Joey. He did 20 bomb shelters from a big church in California with me. He's coming again in March. And for four hours, you can show the next pictures, We were talking in the living room. And guess what? For four hours, he was asking all the questions about God. He wanted to talk about God. Think back to what happened when the first met. Okay? <clears throat> and he was attentively listening. Then we came back, and a couple months later, I get a phone call. Yoel passed away. And it was very sad, and, <clears throat> and uh, prayed, and the small, still voice spoke to me and said, I got <clears> him. <throat> He's a, his exposure to loving Christians for five days saved his soul. Without too many words, without four spiritual laws, the Roman road,
0: okay, just
1: the love of God melted his heart. And and what he showed me and all the other teams that have come is that there is a dormant responder that God put in the Jewish people's hearts. Okay? That can only be awakened with the real love of Jesus for his people. That's what the enemy works overtime for that meeting from happening. It happens quick, too. It's like they've been craving it and looking for it for thousands of years. Okay? And it's amazing how it quickly By the end of the week, they're all open. Friday night, they want to talk about Jesus. They want to talk about God. They want us to lay hands on them. They're sick in Jesus' name. Unheard of, normally. Okay? And then you exchange Facebook and email and phone numbers. And you continue blessing and loving on them after you come back. It's a gift that keeps giving um, you know, in uh, Isaiah nine two, we can see that for a minute. You know, before we go to Isaiah nine two, let's show just randomly the pictures, the few pictures we have. This is the resident of the building and a guy from Corpus Christi. Keep going. That's the team in the shelter. Some of the residents, basically, it's only plastering and painting, it's nothing complicated. Keep going. Again, it's just the love that come down to talk to the people working, to bring coffee and cakes, and keep going. That's the Sabbath dinner in their homes. Keep going. Here's laying on a lady who had cancer in her home, <clears throat> in Jesus' name. Here's an Orthodox Jew who lived in the building who just couldn't believe what was happening. You can see the way he's hugging me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It wouldn't happen otherwise. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. That's it? Good enough. Okay. I mean, I got quite a few, but time is limited. You'll have to come out and find find out yourself. But in uh, Isaiah 9 2, you're familiar with that scripture, right? It's fits Christmas, right? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Things are not that much different now in Israel. It's still dark. There's still constant danger in the shadow of death over their country. Iran wants to nuke them. Okay? It's real. When you go on those mission trips, you bring the same light back to that darkness and dispel it. <clears throat> and then in Psalms one twenty two, six and seven, it says, Are you familiar with that one probably? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Familiar with that? You've heard that before? But look at the rest of it. May they prosper who love you. You want to prosper next year? Okay. Here's an opportunity. Peace be within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. I didn't write that. It's not a sales pitch. Um, let me tell you a little bit about the, <clears throat> the tour of duty. So you realize those bombshells exist, those... 60 to 100 people depends on the size of the building we do I do a complete remodel on them with local subcontractors oh yeah that's I my construction God took together and right now I'm ordained minister with Assemblies of God I'm itinerating this year from the North Texas district but God took my experience with the church my construction experience put into, into this operation you can see how it works took 20 years for me to find out why, but <clears throat> but um, we take, on the average, about 12 people per bomb shelter. And the, what the team does is mostly just plaster and paint. Not difficult. I can teach someone in five minutes how to do it. All ages, too. Um, the rest of the work I do with local Israeli contractors. But um, the complete remodel, for example, of a bomb shelter, is $25,000. Now, anybody in this congregation have remodeled the kitchen recently? Raise your hand. Anybody else? You mind if I ask how much is the total cost of the project? About the same amount, minimum. Maybe more. Depends how fancy you want to go, right? You have any problems spending that money? No, right? Um, what kind of return will you have with that in the, on the in the kingdom? I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just saying realistically. Because when I mentioned that amount per bomb shelter that holds that many people, I hear the sigh. Wow, that's a lot of money for missions. I never heard that before. But. Is the vehicle that enable us to reach the people. I can't do it without it. Not mentioning that we protect them, the families, the children, till Jesus comes back. Some horrible wars are coming to Israel, Gog and Magog, Armageddon. For us, it's exciting. Oh, the end is coming. Jesus is coming, which I'm all for. It. Beam me up, Scotty. You know. (laughs) Any, any trackies around here <laughs> but live long and prosper yeah. but um, in, for the Jews and in Israel it's, it's, a, it's not a pleasant future that's coming and that shelter will protect them till then remind them every time that Jesus came to the building changed the spiritual DNA of that building you're going to be able to minister to those people throughout those wars if we're still here And then, the, <clears throat> at this point anyway, the individual cost to go is $4,200, which is, covers everything, airfare, hotels, cheaper than a regular tour to Israel. The nice thing though is because it's a mission trip to Israel, which are very rare, you can raise those funds if you cannot come up with it yourself because it's a mission trip, given enough time. Um, how many in this congregation, if you could, would like to go on a tour of duty next, in the fall? Okay, I think we've got at least one team, maybe more. So, by faith, we're going in the fall. Yeah. 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 Of course, if Gog and Magog hits, I'll cancel it. Outside in the foyer, I have um, some sheets. If you want to enter your name, if you're interested, you can stay in touch. If you're interested in being on um, our newsletter, you can write your name. There's some cards and some flyers. But another thing about Israel, it's also God's barometer for his plans. I can tell you that I've never seen it so intense in Israel like I see it now in terms of end time prophecies. Okay? All the players of Gog and Magog, Persia, Turkey, Russia, Iran, are on the border physically like never before. Now, some of you might say it's dangerous. How many think it's dangerous to go to Israel? Any honest people here? Okay, okay. That's okay. If not you, your family will tell you, are you crazy going to Israel? <laughs> but a good Jewish person has answered a question with a question. Um, all y'all mean business with God, with Jesus Christ? I many you really mean business with him in this last day. So raise your hand. Come on, everybody. If not, you're wasting your time here. <laughs> then I have news for you. The devil hates your guts <laughs> And he hates it equally here or in Israel. So I guess he wants to take you out both places. Am I right? You should have the dirty, hairy attitude. Go ahead and make my day, you know? You know like, like Joshua and Caleb, you know, who are those giants? Let's go get them. And I just want to also tell you that because times are so close, have a real sense, reevaluate your priorities in your life right now. Okay, Have a serious sense of urgency. Life is not as usual. It never will be again. Look where this country is going right now. Okay? And we all have a sphere of influence in our lives, of people we can touch. Family, friends, work, grocery stores, I don't care. But if you wake up every morning with that sense of urgency, you'll move to action. You won't go on business as usual. You'll lay yourself treasures in heavenly places while you can. Much better in the stock market, I'll tell you that much, of Bitcoin. (laughs) Right? Sense of urgency. Israel is the barometer. It's coming fast and furious. But it's a fantastic opportunity to take God upon his challenge. And I'm going to end with a request for your prayers. You know, um, I should have had that picture. I have a picture of me in the military holding an M60 machine gun. Um, Anybody who's been in the military knows that that's the Rambo gun, okay? I can tell you it's a real force that you can pick it up in one hand and shoot it. It's so heavy, or <laughs> two of them, in the movies. Anyway, I used to run around with a machine gun on my neck, and my job was to go on a hillside and open fire on the enemy, usually dummy targets, but keep their head down while the other guys are charging. Cover fire, okay? Now, I'm sharing that, if you can picture in your mind that when you pray for Cindy and I, you're opening spiritual fire on the enemy. Keeping his head down while we're charging ahead, okay? And you become an actual participant in the fight for Jewish souls from your living room, from your prayer closet. And I wish all of you would have something that I have. You know I have something in common with the devil? I see the silence. Yeah, I do. You know what it is? You want to know? We hate each other's guts. Okay? Simple as that. So, basically, to me, this is a war for souls. It's not a game. And and I covet your prayers more than financial support. We'll take that too if you choose to partner with us because we need gasoline in the machine. But the prayers is the one that kind of paved the way for us to be 100% efficient and effective. So I thank you, your pastor that he, I didn't have to work hard convincing him about the importance of Israel. You're blessed to have a pastor like that and his wife. And for him to open the church to me one week before Christmas—that's also big. So it's been an honor and a privilege. And God bless you all. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Want you to remain standing. We're going to take an offering. Just a moment. We're going to bless these folks. Right now, in fact, when I met when I met Ronnie, I just felt a, a great sense of number one. I felt a kindred spirit with him, but I also felt an urgency. He said I could come after the first of the year, but he's he's going to he's going to be taking teams here in in the spring and then and then in the fall. The time and the window for Israel is open now. It's open now. There are many that you're going to encounter in the street and in the holidays, and these windows, are, they're, they're open in your world and your sphere of influence. But today, I want us to pray especially for Israel. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we feel your heart in this house today lostness Lord God of covenant people Lord we ask Almighty God that there would be an ever increasing Lord God anointing Lord rest upon the Jordans and others Lord God that are reaching in to rescue and to capture Lord God those that are perishing Father we come before you Lord today and we ask Almighty God that this window Lord will remain open but, Lord, that you would bestow upon the heart of the church such an urgency, Lord God, in the hour. And we truly, Lord God, are no longer in the, in the playground. Lord, we're on the battleground for souls, Lord. And I'm asking, God, that there would be resources, Lord God, flood into the Jordan. Lord, into their ministry, Lord God, as they, as they step in there, Lord God, let the, let the provisions of the teams and the heart of the church, Lord God, just become alive. More and more doors begin to open divinely. That Lord, they have to raise up other leaders to send, God, in order to accommodate, Lord, all of the meetings. And, Father, that the, the, the opportunity, Lord God, and the desire that you have for Israel may be fulfilled. Now Lord, I pray today, and Lord God, so grateful for the privilege and the opportunity to be a cold laborer. I ask today, Lord God, as we bless them, Lord, we bless this offering today. Lord, it's a seed, Father. It's a, it's a reaching into the unseen. It is an act of faith, Lord God. We are putting seed in the ground, Lord God, believing that there's a harvest coming. And Lord, we take our seed in hand today. Lord, to place it in the ground of the unseen and by faith believe that there will be a harvest of souls come in. Now, Lord, our only desire is that, Lord, the harvest of souls will reach your expectations beyond our imagination. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you say amen? Amen ushers make your way down right now you can give bring up the the online option here if you will just text cc greenville to that number there'll be a prompt that comes up you can punch that tab it'll take you to our giving portal just in there just put other on the memo just put Jordans or Israel, you can just put Israel will know where it goes. So right now, just take your, your offering, and Lord, I pray that you'll bless it a hundredfold for the furtherance of your kingdom. I know it's a sacrifice, Lord God, in these holiday seasons, Lord, and so much going on. I pray that you'll just put it right back, Lord God, for those that sow the seed today. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you give today. today i'm going to let uh, Ron, ronnie and cindy if you guys will just go ahead and make your way to the back they're going to meet you at the table back there if you'd like more information or put your name down on their their prayer list or their their newsletters i appreciate that we only lost about half a dozen during the service because you got so hungry you went for the cracker barrel don't worry we got you recorded we've we seen you we know where you're at Ask, uh, uh, pastor angel can i trouble you to go on over and just make sure that front door is unlocked so um, whenever folks get over there now no service wednesday we postponed the north texas food bank we are actually going to host them this tuesday it's going to be colder but at least it'll be dry okay so bundle up let's get here 8 8 30 and uh, we'll, we'll host the North Texas Food Bank. We had dozens of cars that were coming, and we, we told them we would be ready for them this coming Tuesday. And so please come out and help us with that endeavor. If you know someone that could benefit from these resources, please send them out. The Christmas uh, caroling with Pastor Carol has been uh, postponed. Uh, due to, to other circumstances. And also Christmas Day, there will be no live class, but we will have a 1030 morning worship service. And so I want to encourage you to come out if you've got that time available. Some of you are doing Christmas early, some doing Christmas late. But if you can, just come on out. We're going to celebrate the birth of Christ together on Christmas Day. That'll be at 1030, no live class. Now, since we're not having the Wednesday night, and many of you, because of family obligations, you won't get this announcement. We'll send it out to you. The following week, uh, New Year's Day, we will have service, uh, but we're not having live class. We will be serving you breakfast. So, yes. Okay, Ronnie's got one, one other thing he needs to mention to you.
1: Sorry about that. I forgot to mention a good part on the trip. The last four days after you're done on Saturday, you leave town, there's four days of touring Israel. Uh, so, it's uh, going through all the Sea of Galilee, Jerusalem, Dead Sea, and Gedi. So it's a combination that if you already go and went all that distance, you might as well fall in love with the people and the country. So.
0: Very good. Very good. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. Amen. I'm excited to go. Praise God. I want you to stand, if you will, as we dismiss in prayer. Andrew, I want you to go ahead and make your way back there as well. If you're a guest with us today and we have a gift for you, if you'll take a moment and fill out a connect card, we'd like to exchange that with a gift. We'd like to meet you. If you don't have a church family, I want to encourage you. You won't find any better in, in all of this region. I just don't say this town, this region. We're, we're, we're proud of what God is doing, and you're going to find a loving, supportive family here. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for your grace and goodness. Lord, we don't take it lightly. I thank you, Father God, for all those that are here. And Lord, for allowing us the privilege to partner with you in these last days. Lord, we love you that you not only brought us into the kingdom, you gave us purpose. And that purpose is to further your kingdom. And, Lord, we just pray your blessing upon each and every one. Those that will be traveling, Lord, watch over and keep them, Lord. Those that are suffering in body with sickness, Lord, facing surgeries, Lord, I just ask, God, that you reach down and, and just give them miracles, Lord God, signs and wonders. Lord, we thank you today in Jesus' name. God bless. You are dismissed today.